I'm Dean Olsher, and you're listening to The Really Big Questions. It's the podcast where we ask the really big questions. This time, what is a good death? In a recent podcast, members of the Order of the Good Death told us that they would like for people in our culture to accept death as a natural part of life. They want us to be more open about our plans for our own death and for the deaths of people we love. So how about actually building a casket for your own mom? Our digital producer, Chris Julin, takes it from here. Spring came late this year to New York Mills, Minnesota. When I visited in April, they were having yet another snowstorm, and the ice was still thick on the lakes. In the summertime, the area is teeming with people from Minneapolis. It's about a three-hour drive. They stay at cabins and resorts and campgrounds. Only about 1,000 people live in the town year-round, and a lot of them work at the big Lund Fishing Boat Factory. Clear over on the other end of town, that's about six blocks away, Patrick Kilby has a shop. He spends most of the year here, but he lives in Manhattan for two months each winter so he can play Santa Claus at Radio City Music Hall. And it's called the Christmas Spectacular with the Rockettes. And he definitely looks the part. He has the hair, the beard, the physique, the little round glasses. But instead of making toys for the rest of the year, Patrick Kilby builds and refinishes furniture. We do uh, tables and chairs. Patrick also makes wooden signs and an occasional cabinet. And he runs another business out of this space. It's called a Simple Pine Box. He makes a few dozen caskets each year. Some people buy them already assembled, and some people buy a casket kit. Let me get the Allen wrench here. The phrase simple pine box doesn't quite do this justice. Yeah, and that's what people say is they go, oh, I was thinking something like just a few boards put together, and I would call that a rough box. Patrick Kilby's caskets are unadorned rectangular boxes. They have smooth beveled edges, and there's a sturdy handle running down each side for the pallbearers to hold on to. Each kit comes with an Allen wrench. That's the only tool that's needed to put them together. In fact, if you called this casket something like the Norkfist, you could almost imagine it in an Ikea catalog. The state that it's in right now is unfinished, and it can be used this way. What we tell people is if you put two blankets in here and a couple of pillows, that's all you need for a lining. Patrick Kilby made his first casket about eight years ago. That one was for his mother. She was dying of cancer, so Patrick and his siblings had started to make preparations. We went and started doing some shopping and and trying to figure out, uh, what does this cost? And uh, we were looking at caskets that were ranging starting at 3500 to roughly 10000 And what was available to buy just didn't seem like it, it fit somehow. My mom you know, was a very conservative individual, would maybe say salt of the earth kind of a person. And what was available was, you know, real fancy, beautiful caskets that I know if my mom saw them, she'd say, don't bury me in that. And my sister just off the cuff said to me one day, you're a woodworker, why don't you build a casket? At first, Patrick says the idea seemed pretty weird. Once I started doing it, it felt great. It was like, I had the opportunity to make something to honor my mother, but also to honor my family as well. When he finished making his mom's casket, he and his wife put it in the back of their pickup truck. They covered it with a tarp and drove down to his sister's house in Minneapolis. His sister lived on a busy commercial street called Lindale Avenue. And that's when he discovered that some people are freaked out by caskets. 
we opened up the pickup and I pulled it out on Lindale Avenue and we just about had a huge accident right in front of us because people were like, whoa, there's a casket here on Lindale Avenue. And we just thought that's, that was an odd response. I mean, that's some of that experience is what kind of spurred us on to doing this because we thought people are that uh, unaware, unfamiliar with looking at it. In the, our Western culture, we don't like to talk about death. But Patrick figured there must be some people who are comfortable thinking about death and looking for ways to prepare for it. So he decided to make some more caskets. We sell most of our caskets to people that are baby boomers. We've sold several kits to people that are terminally ill with cancer. And they said, hey, I want to buy this and put this together for myself before I die. Uh, the other group is people that have parents that are they're in their 90s. They're not doing so well. Uh, so they will buy kits from us to say, well, well, we'll just keep these, store these. And when we need one, we got it. That's what will happen with the casket that Patrick's working on today. Patrick ships caskets all over the country, but this customer lives only 60 miles down the road. So Patrick's going to deliver the kit in person. Patrick's customer is named Tad Hoskins. He lives outside the town of Brainerd. That's where the police chief in the movie Fargo lives. When Patrick arrives, Tad's outside his big multi-vehicle garage, tending some habanero beef jerky in his smoker. Okay, you want to haul it in? Here. Patrick has this casket assembled so Tad can get a look at it. The two of them slide it out of Patrick's van and carry it into the garage. They set it on a couple of sawhorses. A while back, Tad saw one of Patrick's brochures, and he decided to make a casket for his mom. He's a carpenter, but he doesn't have the tools for woodworking, so he decided to buy one of Patrick's kits. When I first proposed it to mom, I said, well, what do you think about this idea? And I talked to her about it and showed her the brochure, and she's like, yeah, that's perfect. You know, she got excited about it. Tad says he and his brother might work on the casket together. We'll probably be taking it apart and storing it in a, you know, in a box and waiting until uh, it's nearer time and then reassembling it uh, when it's needed. Tad's mom's 80. She's still living at home with some help from Tad's sister. But she's been talking with hospice people lately. And she's been leaning on Tad to get a casket for her. I'm actually going to go see her and I'll have pictures on my phone of it and I'll just ask her. You know, do you want to see what it looks like or what? And I think she's going to love it. It's exactly what, what she wanted when she saw the photographs in the brochure. So I think she's really going to like it. I don't know if it'll upset her or not, but we'll deal with that when the time comes. We'll take her out to lunch. Make it all better. Tad Hoskins says he's always had a matter-of-fact attitude about death. He thinks it might be partly because he grew up in a farming and hunting family, and he saw a lot of death. I've got young nieces and nephews, three, four years old, and they're out at deer camp, and they understand that deer are going to die and we're going to eat them. I don't even remember a time that death really upset me. I mourned the loss. You know, my, my grandpa died first. I was 13, and he was my best buddy. And I was sad that grandpa wasn't there anymore. We called him Gramps, and I was Tadpole, and we were inseparable, you know. And I remember grieving, but I wasn't. You know, it was just like, okay, this is the natural course of life. Ted's 53, but he and his wife are already making plans for their own deaths. They'll be cremated. And they're commissioning Patrick Kilby to make wooden urns for their ashes. They'll be kits, just like his mom's casket. The urns, of course, will be quite smaller, but again, they'd be collapsed down. 
And then when the time comes, with a little glue and a screw gun, you can zip them together, you know. Ted says they're making decisions now for the sake of their kids. His father died unexpectedly of a stroke more than 20 years ago, and Tad remembers having to make a lot of tough decisions in a hurry. We don't want anybody to deal with that. We just like to be prepared. I mean, that's why I'm just like my mom, and my wife is exactly like my mom and myself, is we just believe in being prepared. And that's why you buy big bags of toilet paper, four containers of ketchup at a time. You know, you want to be prepared. You might have a dinner party, you know. You can see the casket kit that Tad Hoskins bought for his mom on our website, trbq.org. And there's a short video, too. And you can also hear our hour-long radio special, What is a Good Death? Catch up with us on Twitter and on Facebook. And that's a good place where you can ask us your really big question. This podcast was produced by Chris Julin and Emily Havick. The Really Big Questions is a project of Sound Vision Productions with funding from the National Science Foundation. I'm Dean Olsher. Thank you.